Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me I have Mitch. Howdy. And I also have Dan. G'day. Uh, it's a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde situation this week. We've had one really crap performance and one pretty decent performance this morning um, against Rotherham. But we w- we'll start with that loss against Blackburn on the weekend and just how uh, disappointing things looked after that game and the alarm bells that were ringing with a lot of supporters. Dan, um, I guess losing 1-0 at home to Blackburn, it's a pretty poor result and really not one we were expecting against a newly promoted club. Uh, no, no, we weren't. Um, and it is, it was a poor result, but I think more, what was more disappointing than the result was the performance as a whole. Like it was just, just really, really bad. Like there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of bright sparks in that game at all. Um, and that was the most concerning thing after it would look like we had been building and then all of a sudden it just looked like everyone everyone was flat. I think apart from Irvine showed some a bit of endeavor and tried to make some make something happen, but apart from that, like there wasn't really much going on anywhere on the park against Blackburn. It was it was very disappointing and, and hard to watch. And and it's amazing. I mean, we sort of experienced it a bit last season as well, where we would have games, and and obviously we'll talk about Rotherham where where it did happen, where we can be quite open and attacking and and play some pretty good stuff. Um, But then we also had games where we can be quite disappointing and just look like, you know, there's no idea where the goal's going to come from. Um, Mitch, one point that I saw uh, talked about was the fact that we were playing so many long balls up to Campbell, and Campbell, as a lone striker, just can't handle that sort of style of play. Um, and I found it really interesting that I think it was Henriksen who might have, before the Blackburn game, actually talked about the fact that we couldn't just pump the balls up long because we don't have that sort of striker. And yet that's exactly what we did. So it was a, it was a pretty weird situation. Yeah, it is, it is weird, especially that he said that beforehand. But um, yeah, I'm not sure that... Well, we definitely don't have that striker so, and we can't play that way. And as, as we saw this morning, when we didn't play that way, we, we managed to find three goals. Um, and, and I guess, yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess the, the result against Blackburn, I guess it underlines a lot of the issues off the field as well as on the field with the club. Um, it sort of is quite funny that it's worked out that 10 years ago, just about this weekend, we were playing Blackburn in the Premier League in our first season in the Premier League. And it was such a different sort of situation and a feeling around the club at the time. Um, funnily enough, it was Garcia who got on the score sheet for us back then. Um, so a bit of an Australian flavour to that game as well. But I, I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of the stuff that's come out the last few days about um, Ehab's Instagram account, and he's sort of been responding to a lot of fans and their concerns on there. Um, but there's just so much um, negative negativity around the club at the moment, which I guess maybe alleviated a bit with this morning's result. Um Dan, what's your sort of feeling about that all that off-field sentiment at the moment? Um, I mean, like, it's just it's it has it's just been building and building and building, and it's hard to to really comment too much. Like, what we anything new that we haven't already said? I mean, yeah. um, in terms of like the game and and with the team being booed off or at full time and and things like that. Like, I always I've said many times that always support the team and always support the players no matter what but in saying that that was a very poor performance that was down on what I expect and what obviously what the rest of the fans expect from the players and so I think 
with that performance against Blackburn, they were they were probably justified in in letting them know how poor they were. But um, Ehab's just a knob, and um, <laughs> I was trying to find the uh, most appropriate term to use there. Um, but uh, yeah, you just don't, it's just so hard because you know what they're doing. You just don't know what they're doing. They're sort of they're saying one thing, but they're doing another like the whole time. It's very frustrating. Um, and Mitch, what's your take on the fact that the players were booed off at the at the end of the game? I mean, it's only well, it was only the third game of the season, I think, in the league. Um, so you know, a lot of water to go under the bridge, a lot of results to to be had, but very much a concerning start to the season. And I think I don't know the exact stat, but it, our first two home games of the of the season ended in defeat for the first time in quite some time, maybe since 2006, off the top of my head. Um, a, a pretty pretty alarming start. Yeah, um, so I don't mind uh, players getting booed off the pitch if they have a shocking performance, as we did. But in saying that, three games into the season, I'm not sure it was called for just yet. Um, but yeah, I, I read that stat today, 2006. It would have been our worst start to the season if not for this morning's result. So yeah, that, we, were, we were shocking. We were so flat. And as we said on the previous podcast, like if we if we were to lose that game, we'd be thoroughly disappointed. And here we are. Here we are, yeah. So at least we sort of redeemed it a little bit with that result against Rotherham this morning. Um, got off to a pretty worrying start, though, to, in fairness. I mean, we, we looked very attacking, which was at least an improvement on the Blackburn game, but yet again, undone with a set piece, crossed into the box um, and just left us completely open. It's kind of concerning that we've had it under a few managers now where we look really vulnerable at set pieces, and I, I don't quite know what the solution is considering there's been an overhaul of the playing staff, of the coaching staff, etc. Um, but at least this morning we were able to bounce back and actually um, win the game, and it was pretty incredible that all three goals really came in the space of about, um, what, well, from the 28th minute when Irvine scored to the 47th when he got his second goals, only about 19 minutes of playing time. Um it's, it was a pretty remarkable turnaround. And Dan, great to see Irvine off the mark. I think he's already equaled his tally from last season. And for the first time in his career, he's um, he's scored a brace. So from his point of view, uh, you know, a great personal achievement. Yeah, it is. And I mean, um, for us as the as the Australian supporters group, it's we're always very happy to see um, Irvine doing well and obviously all the Australians doing well in there for their respective clubs. But um, he is... Oh, I'm liking what I've seen so far this year. Um, he sort of he did he sort of was in and out a little bit last season and took a little bit to get going. But so I mean, it's only it is only the what four we've played four games in the league. But I'm I'm feeling it's a little reminiscent um, of his time at Burton, the impact he had there. Like I'm starting to get, I'm getting that feeling um, from what he's doing. Um, which I mean, if he can have that impact. For our club, then I'll be happy. Um. Yeah, and, and Mitch, I mean, following on from that about Irvine having a great game as well, but we also had Bowen played quite well on the right. I thought he created a lot of chances and, and was quite dangerous. Um, and also Campbell up top um, with, with Evandro, really all of that front four, uh, creating a lot. Um, and even, I mean, Henriksen having a few shots from outside the box, which, fair enough, didn't result in goals, but there was that quite early one that forced a pretty good save out of the Rotherham keeper. So... In, in in total, I mean, I sort of said at the start of this Jekyll and Hyde concept with the team, but when we want to play, when we're on, we can look really good. 
Yeah, and that's the thing when we want to play. and then But there's other times where we don't want to play and it's just like they're completely different players on the field. Um, but, yeah, following on from what Dan said about Jackson Irvine at Burton, I, I think I said that to you this morning. Um, he had a few chances in the cup um, in the last round that didn't end up in goals. Then he had a big chance at the end of the at the end of the Blackburn game. So it seems he's getting into good positions and creating good opportunities to score. And if he can if he can find them as he did today, that'll I assume build his confidence more so. And so I, I assume he will have that impact that he did have at Burton. Were you a little bit surprised? I mean, he was named on the, um, basically on the left wing. It's where Kane has sort of started the first few games. Yeah. I mean, we sort of, I mean, we've joked before about the fact that he's, he's one of those players who could almost play anywhere on the pitch. He's played sort of central midfield. He's played striker. He's played defensive mid, attacking mid, um, out wide. Um, I guess the fact that he's scored a couple of goals against Rotherham might be that this is sort of his chance to, to nail down a, sp- a spot in the 11 out wide. Yeah, maybe. I, w- I wouldn't have picked it. I wouldn't have put it in there myself. But if he can do a job there as he did this morning, then yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess we sort of touched on there as well. But Dan, Evandro having another great game. He's another one who's had a really good start to the season. And I mean, we sort of predicted it a little bit in preseason because of the way that he just had such a focus on getting fit and getting into the best shape he could. Um, and another being Campbell, again, being in the best shape he's been in for five or so years in his own words. Um, it's great to see a couple of these players, you know, really putting in the effort in the off-season, getting into great shape and getting the rewards on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can't... I mean, we've, we've already spoken about the uh, the class that Evandro has and how dangerous he's uh, going to be in this division if he can stay fit. And he's done all the hard work and, and, they, and the others as well have done the hard work. And it's good to see them... Uh, reaping the rewards. Um, Evandro has been just a little maestro there in, in at the top of the um, midfield, just um, running around and causing havoc and picking passes. And um, Campbell, it's good to see him um, showing the sort of form that he showed probably last time he was with us, like actually playing well and putting some goals in. So, um yeah, it's it is it's very good to see see that. I think it was nice to see Dan Batty come straight back in yeah. um, after recovering from that. I think what I did note was it's a bit probably a little bit sad that our most consistent midfielder is the twenty year old guy who's played <laughs> four or five like league games. Like, but um, no, it's good to see him. Good to see him coming back. Um, which was like links to Irvine. Like, it's interesting that. Like Irvine, obviously, like his performances have justified him being in the starting eleven, but still, in saying that, to get pushed out onto the wing and be considered as a starter above, like we have, you got Milinkovic and you got wingers there. Um, well, yeah, obviously, who just knows shows. What's going on with Grzyki? I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, I, I, I don't mention his name yeah. because who knows? Yeah, <laughs> a new club's almost offered up daily. That's um, that's after him, so it'll be interesting to see if anything actually eventuates there. Um, Looking ahead now to our next couple of games, we've got another sort of double header in a sense. We've got Stoke this weekend and then Derby in the League Cup midweek before we play Derby again in the in the league on the weekend. Um, I guess apart from Villa, I would say that Stoke's probably the toughest test that we'll have had at the start of this season, um, mainly because they've been able to keep so many of their Premier League players in their squad. Like they've still got you know Butland in goal, 
Joe Allen, Crouch is still there, Peters, McLean, all those sorts of guys that um, were performing at the higher level, uh, and Bojan as well. So they've got that those those talented players still in their squad. Um, they, they've had a little bit of a slow start to, to life back in the championship, though. I think they've had they got thumped by Leeds, and then they've had two draws. Um, although they do play, I think it's Wigan tomorrow morning, um, so they could well win that game. Um, I'll start with you, Mitch. I guess, are we would we be hoping to get anything out of this game? I suppose you've got to be optimistic and go into every game hoping to win, but um, what would be sort of a realistic result to be happy with out of this one? Mm, yeah, it's, it's tough to say because they do have one, or I believe one of the best squads in the division, but you're right, they've not clicked yet, and so... While it is so early days, it is an opportunity to get points off them. But it, it's really hard to tell with us at the moment which way we're going to go. Are we going to play like we did at Blackburn or are we going to play like we did at Rotherham? It's it's hard to say. But at the end, of the day, I'd probably be happy with a point at this stage. It's when you're still unsure of how everyone's going to like going out before everything's settled. So, yeah, against that squad, I'd definitely take a point. And I guess, Dan, um, following from Mitch's point about performances, do you think that there's this, well, I would hope, I guess, an element that perhaps playing against these bigger clubs, we might actually be able to rise to the occasion and really take it to them? Or it, it, in another sense, I guess it almost looks like it's it's alternating games where we sort of have a great performance and then drop our heads a little bit and then get a kick up the backside and, and pick up again. Yeah, I am a little concerned for this game, um, mostly because... We're still, um, I think you touched on earlier with how we've been conceding goals and like it, like there's just no marking and no um, challenge um, for those aerial balls that are coming into the box. And I think against these s- squads that have maybe that next, that highest level of or the higher quality level of, of forwards, we could be in for a real lot of trouble if we're not willing to uh, willing to compete. I guess then on that point, um, I guess we've seen a few games from Device now and also from Burke, and arguably they've both been at fault for some of the goals we've conceded. It's hard to sort of pin the blame on anyone in particular. But do you think, I mean, assuming he's fit, that there's any chance that we'd bring McDonald into the starting eleven against Stoke? Maybe just as that bit of bit more of experience to, to calm everyone down and maybe direct traffic a bit better? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess... Like it's possible, but I mean, he played against Blackburn and he wasn't particularly um, incredible in his game um, that night. But honestly, um, I, I think the only note I made on the defence was like, was that amongst all of them, Curry in the cup match was throwing himself in front of everything, and he's the only player I've seen so far who's actually willing to put his body on the line consistently over the whole course of the 90 minutes so maybe i mean we've said that you've got to give these guys time to gel and time to work themselves as a unit but i don't know how many game more games we can go before we've got to make some changes and i guess then on that point it should be it should be noted it was great to see that uh rob mckenzie got his league debut i think it would have been um as we were sort of shoring up the defense to hold out rotherham Um, It was great to see that sort of confidence from Adkins to throw him in there. Um, And the other one that we haven't really touched on, but I thought was terrific when he came on this morning, was Will Keane. Um, And he he really surprised me with his energy and his covering the ground and closing down the Rotherham defenders to harass them. 
Um, and whether we sort of look at his scoring record and judge him on that as a striker or we look at his all-round game and work rate, he could become quite an interesting option for us to play as a second striker or, um, I guess, as he was this morning, an option coming on to, to close out the game late on. Um, you know, if, if the signs are there, he was he came on over Dicko, who was also on the bench. So um, there might be sort of a changing of the guard there in, in the way that Adkins is sort of ordering his strikers. Um, it it, it kind of gives us a few interesting options. And then as you say... I don't know if, if Adkins would sort of do it, but whether we, we start Curry against Stoke or, or you know, in, the, in a game in the coming weeks, if we continue have, to have these issues in defence. Um, Mitch, what are your thoughts on our um, defensive options? Um, yeah, I'm not sure whether to play Curry or not, especially because, like, he's still so young and so, like, fresh to the first team. So it's kind of like, is it rushing him if you throw him in? But in saying that, our defenders right now aren't doing the job. So something has to change. So I'm, I'm not sure if he's got that confidence. But it, it was a brave move putting on McKenzie this morning, holding on to a one-goal lead, but obviously paid off. And on that, it's really cool to see, like, these these academy players coming through and, and getting league starts, especially, like, with Curry and, and Batty and, and now McKenzie as well. Um, yeah, it's we don't really often have that many come through. So to have three in one season and like already just to start like four games in, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's great to see. And uh, hopefully they get a few more opportunities and can really sort of push to, to become regulars. Um, so that game's on Saturday midnight. Um, here in Sydney, we'll be making the trip out to Cheers in, uh, on George Street, which we haven't done for, for probably over a season, really. Um, last season having a bit of trouble getting televised games. So we'll be there for, for, the, for the game against Stoke. Saturday night, um, they'll be able to show the game um, through the Tigers TV stream. So it'd be great to see a couple of uh, Sydney siders out for that one and sort of get back into the spirit of um, enjoying the games with a beer and, and and a fellow city supporter and you know win or lose. It's it's always a bit more enjoyable when that's the case. Um, we then have Derby in the League Cup midweek and it's one of those weird ones where we, it seems to have happened a couple of times in recent seasons for us where we play a team in the Cup and then play them in the League almost straight afterwards. Um, it's it's an interesting Cup tie because there's sort of factors in favour of us doing well and factors in favour of them doing well in, in the sense that I guess they have a very deep squad. So even if they rotate, they'd still be quite a challenge for us to face. Um, but they've also had a pretty mixed start to life under Lampard. So he, he had a great result in that first game and everyone sort of thought he was off to a flyer and then they turned out and got thumped by Leeds and then lost to Millwall as well. So it's a little bit hard to sort of read their form at the moment and whether um, whether we're a decent chance in this one. Um, but they have a very familiar team. They've got a couple of ex-City players in their in their 11 or their lineup potentially for the Cup game. Uh, Huddleston, obviously, Davies, um, and then a couple of our ex-Lonies in Wilson and Tamori. Um, and it would be just our luck, I guess, if someone like Wilson scored against us because it's always the favourites, I think, that, that end up breaking our hearts. Um, Mitch, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, well, just having a look at their lineup from their game this morning. They didn't play, I don't think, any of the ex-Hull boys. So, I, oh, no, they played Tamori. But aside from that, it looks like they'll all probably get a start if they're fit. Because it's, it's weird to not have Wilson on the bench either. But um, I've heard Huddleston's been linked away with a move to, I think it was Middlesbrough, right. who are apparently after everybody on loan. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting, but again, it's really tough to call with with cup games. What side we're going to put out? What side they're going to put out? So I've really got no clue. I guess, Dan, um, on the point about Curry and whether he will get the chance in the league, the cup game, I suppose, presents a really good sort of almost a test run for him. If he if he was to start against Derby in the cup, have a great performance, it'd be hard to justify leaving him out for the, for the follow-up league game against Derby. Yeah, well, I think he showed um, against Sheffield United how well he can go. So if he probably, I agree, he probably won't start against Stoke. That probably going to be too but if he then if he played in the cup and he played really good again and if you were, we were unfortunate enough to get another injury where does that then put him in the pecking order um but i think um i i can't see us doing the double on derby um in the week i think you you've sort of hit the nail on the head when you say that they've got a very deep squad and i think that's going to sort of count against us a little bit because we either have to put out a weakened side, so to speak, in the cup or in the league. So, um, because I don't, I can't see any way with with how many games we've already played so quickly that we could play our top eleven like three times in a week, essentially, um, and twice in four days. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how the kids go this time in the cup against. Uh, I mean, but in like in fairness, Sheffield played a fairly strong side in that cup match. So yeah, yeah, uh, and we still still ended up quite uh, quite well off in that one. We've sort of touched on his name already, but perhaps someone like a Grzycki could be a wild card in a game like this. That if he is sort of getting towards the end of that window and still not getting his move away, whether he would be sort of thrown in from the start against Derby and really sort of have a point to prove to either get that move away or sort of work his way back into the side. Um, he, he's sort of that wild card that, that if he was to be used in this sort of match, he could co- kind of turn it in our favour potentially if he's got his mindset on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've spoken about how, like previously, about how big of an impact Krasicki can have when he when he wants to play. And I mean, we all know that he wants to that he wants to leave, and that window is is closing rapidly. Um, so if he's deemed fit enough, um, and he's got to be, surely he's got to be getting close um, to to at least start having some part to play, then I, yeah, I'd say for sure he should, I'd, I'd put him in the squad against, um, for the cup match at least, and just uh, see what he can do. Because even if he only plays 20 minutes, I mean, We've seen it. We've seen it before. He he's changed the game for us in twenty minutes. I mean, we've also seen how little he can do in twenty minutes. But um, I think if if he's if he's considered fit enough, I think it's a risk worth taking, and it's probably going to benefit him and potentially the club if he puts in a good shift in that match and and manages to get the move away that he wants. Um, maybe one of the clubs that's looking at him is convinced based on his performance. Then. I think our moves in the loan window are essentially seem to be, from all reports, reliant upon Grisicki leaving anyway. So it might benefit all parties involved if he can get out and play some football. Yeah, I'll touch on those um, players that have been linked in a moment. But first of all, um, Mitch, I'll get score predictions from you for the Stoke and the Derby games. Um, Stoke, I'll say one all, And... 
Well, I, I also just looked it up. Huddleston, Davies, and Wilson were all listed as doubtful, but not right. far away for their game this morning. So, not sure if they'll play or not. Um, I will say we will beat Derby 2-1. Right, okay. And Dan, what are your thoughts? I think we'll lose 2-0 to Stoke. Um, and I'll go, I, I agree with Mitch, 2-1 in the cup. I can see that. But I don't think we'll back it up um, for the uh, league league game. Yeah, I think 2-1 two, two, defeat to Stoke, unfortunately, in my mind. I think you're right that the defensive frailties that we've shown so far will be undone against Stoke, particularly if they were to throw someone like Crouch on late. I think he'd just kind of run amok in our back line at the moment. Um, yeah, in the League Cup, I could see us maybe getting a result against Derby. I think um, we do have, even though it's a it's a thin squad, so to speak, in terms of league experience, I think the kids have shown already against Sheffield United that they can step up to this level. And Derby's form is just not convincing me that they're anything too special at this stage. And I think maybe a 1-1 draw, maybe a 1-0 sort of win for us in, in the Cup game um, is quite quite possible. Um, and then just before we sign off, there are a couple of players that have been linked to uh, transfer moves or loan moves, I suppose. And it's interesting because even though it's still just the loan window, we're seeing a lot of these loan moves essentially being loaned to buy um, deals. So they're essentially still purchases. It's just, you know, sort of a formality for when they get finalised in the January window. Um, but Marvin Johnson's one that we've been linked to kind of continuously in the past from, I think, originally Oxford now at Middlesbrough, and then also Ashley Fletcher on loan, also from Middlesbrough, who was, I think, originally from Manchester United, and then went via West Ham, I think, if I if I remember correctly. Um, so, in terms of, uh, if nothing else, getting a few bodies into those positions would be quite promising. Um, and the other name that's been linked is, I think it's Sulai Kaikai, I don't know if that's pronounced correctly, from Crystal Palace, another winger. Um, so, obviously, might be a backup option if we can't get either Marvin or uh, Fletcher um, are the three name, ma- three main names linked really at this stage? But uh, Mitch, what are your thoughts on any or, or all of those players? Um, I read something today about the last one you mentioned. Uh, you said I'm not sure how it is, but you said Kai Kai. Um, he was um, Nigel Atkins. I think he ruled him out. I think that he said there's nothing in it. Right. Um, but we've seen how much of an impact the lone players can have. Like two seasons ago, even though we did go down in the end. Um, but your players like Markovic, Nias, they kind of, oh yeah, with them we were kind of screwed. I mean, and then, again, and then we went down. Today, but yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So there's still uh, obviously a lot of work to be done, um, especially if we are, I don't, I don't want to say contend for promotion or anything, because even though it is early, I've kind of, kind of already dropped hope for that. Um, <laughs> But I guess that's got to be the goal in the end. So, this, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done. So if we could bring in, bring in two or three crucial players that would probably get like starting spots, then that would be top. Dan, what are your thoughts on the on the players linked? Um, I just about be happy for anyone at this stage. Um, but uh, Johnson, I mean, we were linked with him. I think you said at Oxford, and I think that was that's right. Um, when he was there and. He seemed to, uh, the, from what I remember of some of the footage that I watched of him, he seemed to be um, quite a capable player. So I'd be happy if he uh, 
if you came through the doors, even if, I mean, whether it was even just for the, the loan itself or whether it was a loan to buy, but um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know much about the, the boy at Palace, even if he has been ruled out. I mean, who, who knows? I mean, it's, it's always hard to tell with transfer windows and stuff what what is tr- truth and lies and uh, misdirections and everything. So, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just be happy with anyone. But I get I get the really the really sad sad deflating feeling that we're not going to get anyone. I mean, I guess there's sort of two sides to that coin then, because you sort of touched on earlier that these loan deals seem contingent on Grzyki going. And I guess if there was any silver lining to, you know, hypothetically these loan deals don't get done, it would hopefully be that Grzyki has stayed and basically has to face up to the fact that if he wants to get a move away, he's going to have to start performing because, quite frankly, he had a pretty underwhelming World Cup, which I'm sure he would have hoped and the club would have hoped would have sold him in the eyes of a lot of prospective buyers, which didn't happen. Um, He might just have to face up to the fact that he needs to show it again on the pitch and that perhaps last season... He wasn't consistent enough to get a move. Um, and I, I don't know his contract status. I think this might be the last year of his deal, or I assume it is. Um, so whether that means he leaves next summer for free, you know, good on him, good luck to him if that's the case, gets his wage off the book um, and, and frees us up to do a bit of negotiating next, next season. Um, but in the meantime, it'd be in his best interest to play as well as he can for us to, to you know, attract any potential new clubs uh, for next season. So the silver lining, if it is the case that we don't make any uh, further signings, is that hopefully we have a left winger coming back into the side and really sort of giving it his all. Um, you know, the negative of that is potentially he sulks and becomes quite a destructive influence in the dressing room. Who knows? Um, I, I, don't get the, I don't get the feeling he's a particularly popular figure, so... Um, I guess you'd kind of want to cut your losses and just get rid of him as soon as possible, but you kind of have to look at hopefully some positives um, if that is the case that he stays at the club. Um, but yeah, so I think that sort of rounds up the transfer situation. So the window closes on the 31st of August, um, which is just over a week away. Um, I assume it's sort of next weekend, basically. So after the, the next derby fixture, really. Um, so still a little bit of time to get some deals done, um, and if there's any progress on that front, we'll cover them next week on our podcast. Um, but until then, thank you both for coming on. Thank you, Dan. No problem. And thank you, Mitch. Thank you. No worries, and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Uh, hopefully we can get some pretty decent results against Stoke uh, and Derby next week, and so hopefully seeing as many of you Sydney siders at Cheers as possible uh, and progressing in the Cup next week against Derby. But until next time, come on City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.